0: Welcome to Drivers, a podcast where we discuss the latest trends in the golf industry with the individuals who are setting them. I am David Klein, here with John Last of Sports and Leisure Research Group. And to set the stage for today's guest, let's think about the golf industry's renaissance and in technological innovation, particularly when it comes to digital applications. These apps do everything from enhancing the player experience, making the game more accessible, and even benefiting golf course operations. John, we've come across one application that's actually doing all three, and its backstory isn't exactly what you might hear from the typical golf startup. John, tee up who we've got today.
1: Well, thanks, David. I I know that you like to play a a real variety of courses in Los Angeles. And and sometimes, as as we experience together, finding a tee time on the best of those can be really difficult, which is exactly where this app comes in. Um, But even more impressive than the conceptual simplicity, um, the solid use of technology, and, and the ability of this app to fuel accessibility to golf is the young entrepreneurs behind its development and diffusion. And I'm happy to have joining us on Drivers today. Uh, Jake Gordon, the co-founder and CEO of an app called Notify, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know Jake recently, and, and this is a guy who, who not only reminds me of, of us you know, 20 plus years ago, but this is a guy who infuses not only all the right qualities of an entrepreneur, but brings the perspective of someone who really embodies the archetype of the new COVID-driven entrant into the game, Jake, it's, it's great to have you with us, and why don't we start by having you tell our listeners the story behind Notify and your your simultaneous entry into both the industry and the game itself, as well as the incredible growth story that uh, that you've enjoyed.
2: Excellent. Thanks so much, John and David, for having me on today. Um, so yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background here. Believe it or not, I never picked up a golf club in my life until three or four years ago. Um, my background, I, I went to school in Pennsylvania at uh, Lehigh, and I was obsessed with technology. I was excess, obsessed with innovation and entrepreneurship and started my career at a big firm called Accenture, where uh, I ended up doing a lot of work with startups and leading a lot of our emerging technology business. And my uh, my father-in-law was a big-time golfer and recommended I, I get into the game. And my, uh, my journey was rough to start, but eventually I got the bug along with you know, all my buddies in our, uh, our new entry into the game. So became obsessed with golf, fell in love with it and realized as a golfer, there was a lot of challenges in finding tee times. I was the tee time booking quote unquote guy in the group. And oftentimes that entailed having nine different tabs open and smashing the refresh button countless times looking for that, you know, glorious weekend morning cancellation. And You know, I put on my kind of startup hat and the entrepreneurship and a lot of the emerging technology I got to see in my day job at Accenture and saw this pain point as a golfer, as well as all the cancellations that would occur and kind of just connected the dots and said, hey, why isn't it possible for me to get alerted in a personalized way when the tee time I want comes available? That seems like a no brainer. And when I looked at OpenTable and Resi. In the restaurant industry, they had functionality like this that alerts you when a restaurant you want comes available. Or in travel with Google Flights um, or Expedia, there's personalized learning capabilities. So oh, as a newfound golf addict with a technology background, um, I thought "What? if this should exist. And I was frustrated that it didn't and decided to partner up with a good friend of mine named Dathan Wong who's my co-founder and CTO and had spent seven plus years at Microsoft as an engineer. And we said, let's, let's do this thing for golf. So that was a little bit of the, uh, the aha moment and the plunge we took.
1: And, and, and again, your scaling of this company has been nothing short of impressive. Talk a little bit about the reach and, you know, where, where you're, you're kind of operating right now.
2: Absolutely. So we initially thought as golfers that this was an app or a product for golfers and hey let's help golfers get personalized text when the time they want's available that said we started digging into the golf industry and the market and talking to operators and realized that this product was probably more so a best fit for golf course owner operators as a member benefit as a public golfer benefit and as a revenue optimization tool to help drive more rounds and so uh, we kind of pivoted the company from being B2C to being entirely B2B. And fortunately enough, um, Kemper Sports took a bet on us when we had very few uh, courses. We only had one course, which was uh, Simi Hills in, in, uh, in Los Angeles area. And then Kemper said, let's try this at three. We started at three and we have rolled up to over 50 within their portfolio, including major resorts like Streamsong, Sand Valley, Chambers Bay. Um, and since then, we've scaled up to over 150 courses, including many of the top uh, resorts, daily fee courses in the world. But also, we have dozens of municipal rural courses that are uh, seeing a lot of success on the, on the platform.
1: And, and and obviously, there's no cost to consumers to do this. It's, it's a licensing fee flat. And obviously works with the existing tee time reservation systems. Is talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. We wanted to have our interests directly aligned with the operator and designed in a way that as many golfers could sign up as possible in the most accessible possible way. So we structured the business as a flat subscription to the course operator. And, um, you know, that has worked really well. Because it's removed a lot of the barriers to entry to get signed up for the course they don't have to worry about bartering discounting they don't have to worry about. um, You know Commission fees or anything like that it's very easy to see the ROI quickly and then um, yeah it's been it's been great to you know have the product free for consumers so that more can sign up as possible per course.
1: And, and, you know, conceptually, one of the things that that I really, you know, you and I were talking about this offline, you know, in, in an earlier time when we, we met, and, you know, in our research for years, I mean, longer than I want to acknowledge, we've always identified the two biggest inhibitors to to play by a golfer is, is accessibility or cost as well as scarcity of time. And one of the unique things that COVID has actually done for us is that it has basically created a foundational shift to this new hybrid work model that has really made some significant inroads towards serving the latter of of the inhibitors. But but you hit upon a really poignant insight, I thought, when we were talking before about the primacy of this dynamic. I'd, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit.
2: Sure. Yeah, we fundamentally believe that golfers are more time sensitive than they are price sensitive. And what I mean by that, especially in high demand markets like L.A. or, you know, big uh, high, high volume golf states like Arizona or Florida, uh, what we tend to see is golfers can only play within their busy schedules, right? We know golf's a four or five hour experience minimum. And, you know, if you're a busy professional, there may be a very narrow uh, window of time that you can actually get out there, which means for the consumer, if you can get those personalized availability alerts when and where you want to play, That removes the barrier to access to get out there. And we've found consumers to be less price sensitive within their preferences of when they want to play. And then for the operator, it's all the more reason that during weekend or weekday morning times, you have to maximize that um, utilization. If there's a a cancellation or a no-show, that's completely uh, unacceptable when you know that someone else would have loved to play that time and pay rack rate. So that's a big core philosophy of ours and something we've seen, I think, in terms of the momentum uh, in the market.
0: Jake, John mentioned that uh, the notified concept not only meets an important consumer need from the golfer perspective, but it's also addressing facilities focused on optimizing their course yield. What do you see as the key metrics other than ROI total revenue, et cetera. What are the real metrics that you found that notify really fuels for these facilities?
2: Yeah, one thing that's pretty shocking uh, is that about 20% of all online tea times get canceled. And it's pretty staggeringly high. I mean, it's, it almost sounds comical, but it's true that between the time that, you know, David books for a Saturday tea time a week out, and the time that tea time scheduled for there's about a 1 in 5 chance you're going to cancel. And we know that's just because stuff comes up and stuff happens. But you know, if it's a Monday, that course operator is going to fill that Saturday tea time no problem. But if it's a Thursday night, Friday morning or even Friday evening for a Saturday morning cancellation, um, that all of a sudden the that inventory is at risk of going unfilled. And as a course operator running a busy facility, you need to maximize utilization during those ultra high demand periods of time. And a no-show or a last minute cancellation can really hurt the top and bottom line. So that's one of the main problems we're fixing is cancellations that occur really within 24 to 48 hours, making sure that that operator has a backup plan when inevitably one in five of those tee times get canceled.
1: You know, it's, 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 we, we're such geeks for data here. Obviously, we're a research company, so it's something that we really get excited about. And, and, and we've seen in a lot of the other verticals that we work in, like travel or optimizing ticket sales for professional sports teams or, or in the casino industry in particular, this whole ability to meld behavioral data with attitudinal and perceptional data really can help drive and enhance marketing communication I know you've been more focused on delivering the core benefits of your solution, at least initially, but I'd love for you to kind of reflect a little bit on that conscious decision, as well as where some of the, you know, I know you've got some really interesting forward-looking data. How does that ultimately find its way into your business model? Sure, so
2: we have, uh, as you alluded to, some really interesting visualization on future demand. So most operators, operators today can look at their historical demand But because golfers are inputting their future playing preferences into our technology on the course's T-sheet, we visualize to every operator when golfers want to play into the future at your course. And we kind of call this like the crystal ball. So I could say, all right, John, at your facility, there's 50 people on standby for Friday, 70 for Saturday and 130 for Sunday. And then, you know, many here's what demand looks like into the future for the next three months. And what that means for you very tactically is, okay, how do I think about price if I know my future demand levels, right? How do I think about staffing if I know what our anticipated utilization will be? And then lastly, what are my rules and policies, like my cancellation policy inside 24 hours, that allows me to make sure I fill as many of these times as possible. So you can take the future forecasting and apply it to your day-to-day operations in a very tactical way.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I mean, one of the things for those of us, those listening who have had a chance to read our work with the NGCOA on their Golf Business Pulse report, you know, we're huge advocates, obviously, of of yield management and, and obviously what you guys are doing Plays into that, but the big the big thing that I've always kind of questioned, and, and we're big proponents in doing formal price elasticity analysis, because you know when you're starting to do yield management, you've got to set a floor, and I think in many cases facilities may be leaving dollars on the table by setting a floor that's too low, um, and this kind of helps helps to kind of bring that out in the sense that you know like you said if you see huge demand in the future you know that means in some respects that you can make that supply drive a higher yield it's 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 really fascinating i, I you know as always we're, we're kind of at the end of our time limit and i wish we we could go further because we've just scraped the surface and, and you guys have some really fresh ideas it's it's really cool to see what you all are doing and bringing some thinking that that comes from other industries to, to enhance the golf industry really impressive um appreciate you spending that time but we are going to kind of wrap up now and tell everybody uh hope uh, the new year is off to a great start and for those who will be at the pga merchandise show i i know you'll be there jake and so will we and uh hope to see as many of you as possible uh, both there and on the next episode of drivers
2: excellent thanks so much john and david for having me pleasure all
0: right and jake if somebody wants to get in touch with the company give us a What's the contact info?
2: Sure thing. Well, you can find us online at notify.app, spelled with uh, noteef a p p. Or you can reach out to me, jake at notify.app. Um, and I'd, be, I'd love to have a chat with you. Thank you all.
1: We'll see you next time on Drivers.